Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a special guest. Her name is Jenny Schmal. Did I pronounce that right, Jenny, your surname? Absolutely. And uh, Jenny is from South Africa. Whereabouts in South Africa are you from, Jenny? I'm in the city of gold in South Africa, Johannesburg, South Africa. And... uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, is one of the world's largest man-made forests. And it's a very buzzy city. Uh, It's the finance hub of South Africa. And uh, beautiful, lovely place to live. Sounds sounds it. And uh, I've actually been to South Africa a few times, so I know what you're talking about. So, uh, yes, I can recommend highly anybody that's interested in visiting South Africa that's never been. Definitely. (laughs) It's massively worth the visit. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about finally finding the love of your life. So before we get stuck into that, Jenny, uh, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about your background and history and what's led you to be doing what you're doing today? Sure. I'd love to do that. Well, I, as I said, live in Johannesburg, South Africa. I'm a relationship coach and author of my book, Regenerate the Eight Steps to Joy. And I run a program called Finding the Love of Your Life. Now, I've been a coach for about 10 years. It's it's a long story, so perhaps we can can have another podcast soon about that. But for today, um, I work with people who want to find out who they are, what they're doing on this planet, and how they go back on the journey to self-love. Because a lot of people have lost themselves. They've They've lost the will to live. They've lost the will to be in a relationship. And they always seem to be searching for that special someone that's going to come and change their lives. So most of my coaching is is working with people who've either been rejected or are divorced or or who perceive that um, the trauma in their lives doesn't allow them to even know what self-love means. And um, that's what I focus on. And at the age of 68, I wrote a book which which covers that. And um, I'm now 71 and I, I coach daily and I just love meeting and engaging with people and being supportive and inspirational as possible. Wow, that's excellent, Jenny. Well, you've obviously got some very good history and and powerful words of wisdom to share. So when, like you said, uh, we talk about self-love, sometimes people don't actually realise what that means and um, what we're actually talking about. So can you share with the listeners what specifically you mean by self-love? Well, the premise of self-love is that you row your own boat you are the operant power in your life. Um, external circumstances don't run your life. Um, you desire to be with people and with society, but you know that your life is your own story 
and that you're the director, the scriptwriter, and the actor in that story. And when you recognize that it's not that you don't need anybody, but that you can operate from, I'm okay, I'm enough, and I know who I am, and I love me first. And that's very difficult because speaking from a woman's point of view, we usually love family first and then ourselves. So it's finding that out for themselves, what, who they really are. So if I could put it in a nutshell, my journey to self-love was to find harmony and joy in my life. And if I don't bring that daily um, in my interactions with people, some joyous remark or some sharing of joy or harmony, I'm totally not okay with myself. And then I know I'm not in alignment with my love of self. And if I was to put it a little harshly, but you can get this, um, if there's a rowing boat and you really love yourself, you'll get in and row. And then you'll row to shore and then see if you can help the others that might be lagging behind. It's a, bit of, it's a little bit tough. It sounds tough. But actually, once you get to that point of knowing that your story is just a story and your story changes in every moment. So the past, we usually our stories in the past or stories in the future of what we want. If we can just focus in the moment and just see where we are in any given time, we'll be able to work to our recognition of who we are and the self-love that we are. Because love is the highest energy on, on the planet, the highest vibration of energy, and we are all love. And yet we are looking externally all the time to find love or to feel love or to be validated. So self-love is, is self-validation. Yeah, most certainly. It's not about looking for it externally, like you said. I absolutely agree. It is around looking internally, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and, and validating, you know, who that wonderful, amazing woman is. So true. And and if we could, you know, if I gave one tip today to anybody, a man or woman, I would say when you get up in the morning, and, and the first thing we really all go and do the same thing, we go to the bathroom. And I might be simplifying it, but have a look in the mirror and say, I love you mm. to that face, to that face that sometimes we don't even recognize. We say, oh my, who's that? But say, I love you to that face because you are alive. It's your aliveness that you are expressing at that moment. It's I love you. Because when we really say, I love you to somebody, we're not talking about them. You know, it sounds like English language, like I'm saying I love them, but I actually love me. Mm. And yet we we find it difficult to look in the mirror and say I love you. Yeah, don't we just? And um, also I think we can be quite harsh, you know, on ourselves in our self-talk without even realising it because um, I quite often see women looking in the mirror and instead of, you know, embracing the love that they see, they're, 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 they're saying things like, oh, my God, look at all my wrinkles, look at the bags under my eyes, <laughs> um, you know, oh, I've got another zit on my face <laughs> yes. and, and things like that, you know, and whereas I've now learned to look in the mirror and say, wow, I, I'm, man I'm still managing to reverse the aging process and I'm looking great. <laughs> I think that what you just said there is absolutely beautiful. And and I think when you've connected with your own self-love, the love of you, it's just what you expressed in those words. Because for me, uh, I don't see an aging process. I, I don't see that in people. I, I, when I look at them, I see love. Mm. I see joy. I see beauty. I'm looking you know, at you. I see beauty and vibrancy. 
not those other things. And I, I suppose that's part of it. And um, I see I'm alive. I see aliveness. And why shouldn't I love that? Absolutely. And, and embrace, you know, we're not, none of us are perfect. So it's looking at, at ourselves and knowing that we're not perfect, but loving the imperfection nevertheless, isn't it? Absolutely. And also, um, I wear spectacles. So a lot of people say to me, um, why don't you get contacts or, you know, something like that. And at night or in the morning, I don't have spectacles. I'm looking at me. You know, the spectacles are just what I do so I can read. Mm. So I love the woman with the spectacles. I love the woman without the spectacles. <laughs> yeah. And I, I often think these days when, especially when I see very young girls, you know, naturally beautiful souls that they are in embracing, you know, this phase, I can only call it, of... Um, Botox and you know cosmetic surgery and I feel quite concerned about that I don't know what your views are Jenny quite frankly I always said to my daughter who's 48 and a beautiful girl maybe when I'm 90 and she said but why would you say that and I've I've realized why because I'm never going to because I, I think it's I, I don't think it's necessary and I also believe that um if they really loved themselves, maybe they wouldn't. And I'm sure some of these listeners are not going to like that sentence, but especially for a young girl, they're beautiful. They're all beautiful, but when if they could find themselves, they wouldn't be doing these things. They're doing it to get validation from other, from their peers, from their group, from their tribe, or from society. And yes. quite frankly, it's, um, it's sad. It is because you can see that they have, got that natural beauty underneath that you know not i'm not suggesting that women shouldn't make an effort you know when it comes to you know if they feel uh, more attractive with with makeup on and what have you but to go to some of these extremes where they're they're really drastically altering how they look through these procedures it, it really worries me and it seems to be happening to younger and younger generations doesn't it uh yes i think we have the internet to to thank for that one <laughs> Because uh, in my day, you had one magazine a month and you saw something in there and you might have thought, well, I might like to look like that or change my lipstick. And today it's just daily bombardment of uh, societal norms that are expected of young women or beautiful women and older beautiful women as well. Mm. And uh, so everyone has their choice. My, my, my choice is not to. I choose to be myself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I wish that we could get that message across. I would th wish there were social influencers on the internet that were, you know, were prepared to just be a natural face and a natural body. And, and you know, that others were massively influenced by being them natural selves rather than this plastic imitation of, of who you think society expects you to be. And I suppose if we followed the money, we'd find out why. <laughs> it's all about it's all about money. That's how the world goes round. It sells cosmetics. It sells beauty. It sells. It's, it's a huge machine. And then you have someone coaching you to be who you are, and 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 look at your inner beauty and the beauty of your aliveness and vibrancy, and. Um, you know, people say, but I don't know if I want to pay for that. I might just go and have some Botox. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Uh, well, like I say, I, th- I think, you know, we've all been influenced, you know, different generations have been influenced. I mean, even just, I suppose, just having, when I was younger, having my ears pierced was considered, you know, quite <laughs> the thing, you know, and my, my mum and dad didn't like it <laughs> because that was radical in those days. <laughs> those were the days and they aren't yet anymore. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and you know, and very few women in those days had tattoos or anything like that, or that there wasn't any sort of cosmetic surgery around that that was um, highly affordable anyway or prevalent. Um, you know, there there was just literally little enhancements, such as like you said, you know, a bit of lipstick or a, a bit of um, <laughs> foundation or something, you know, that to to enhance your your naturally great features. True, true that. So when you have somebody come to you then, Jenny, that that you mm. can tell ha- struggles with, you know, the concept of self-love and, and, and probably even, you know, th- just looking in a mirror and actually saying those words wouldn't feel comfortable to them. What, what, what would you say to sort of help them get over that? Well, I have a little exercise and I would ask them, I would, you know, to show them so they could really see what was happening here. It's, I think it's it's Tibetan or it comes from there. If you can bow to somebody, it's very easy. I meet you and, and if it was my culture, I would bow to you. I find that very easy. But can I bow to myself? When you're standing in front of a mirror and I ask you to bow to yourself in the mirror, it's quite amazing what happens they can bow a little bit they just can't seem to bow to this um, mirror image of themselves mm. and then we get talking about why does that happen and it's because they don't they don't really know that person in the mirror and actually it's psychological and also it's in the cells of your body if you have any self-limiting beliefs in that area of your life you won't be able to bow to yourself so can it's, you give us an example of, um, you know, typical common self-limiting beliefs? Because some audience members won't uh, yes, necessarily understand sure. what you mean by that. Okay. So self-limiting belief could be, I'm always rejected by men. Yeah. Or I, I think that's the biggest one. So, you know, that that's one that I get often. Whoever They reject me. They, you know, they don't think I'm good enough. And, and that is a self-limiting belief. And when I say let's unpack that a little bit, wh- what is it that makes you think that they're rejecting you? Oh, well, he left me for somebody or he did X or he did Y. And they're speaking about another person. So my coaching process is to get them to speak about themselves. So it's like an unpacking of, okay, so how does that make you feel that you feel rejected? They'll say sad. Well, how does that make you feel? And we we unpack that. And usually 10 steps later, they'll get to the fact, well, when that happens, I get up, dust myself off, and I'm, you know, I'm me again. So there's a whole process there. And so it's their perceived rejection. And really what it is is rejection of self. Yeah. Sorry, and where in their lives are they doing that, you know, um, because like you say, it's usually a reflection of something they're doing to themselves. If they're experiencing that externally, you know, via their partner, society, friends, family, whatever, usually it's a reflection of something they're also doing to themselves internally, isn't it? 
it is that, and also it's a trigger. So they maybe have rejected, maybe their school teacher rejected them when they wrote an essay, and they might be having a conversation with a new partner in life or they just got married and it's a new marriage or just with girls you know just their their friends and then somebody in this conversation would say something and that trigger shows up and they feel rejected uh, somebody might say why are you wearing that dress it, it just doesn't suit you or anything like that so they they feel rejected in a social circle mm. or their husband says oh that was a beautiful dinner that mary made you know, well, what's wrong with the dinner I cook? They feel rejected. But really it's rejection of self because they don't, um, they have confidence, but they don't have self-esteem. Yes. And it's usually sitting there in the self-esteem where the self-limiting beliefs. And we can say to them, they're beautiful or you're just too gorgeous, but they don't see it. So, um, you know, relationship coaching and alignment facilitation is what I do. And it's a process. It's very difficult to, to say it in this, um, you know, in this conversation, but it's a process to let, allow them to see through a series of skill set questioning and them finding for themselves the answers that they might suddenly just say, I see it now. What I am beautiful, but I always knew I was beautiful. And, and then get to them to that part. I love the fact that you come up with the distinction between, you know, somebody may have confidence, but they don't necessarily have self-esteem. In other words, they're not necessarily treating themselves well and they may not even realise they're not treating themselves well and they're not valuing their self-worth and, um, you know, who they really are. And that, and that is so true. And um, I've experienced that. So I would be able to, to speak on that. I'm, I was very confident, but had low self-esteem till much later in life and I had to work through that. But um, the people with low self-esteem also seem to be, and I'm generalizing, perfectionists. I have to be the prettiest. I have to be the best. Mm. I have to be the most beautiful. I have to be the best mother, the best lover, the best wife, the best friend. And so there's that pressure on themselves all the time to do so well and be the best that they, they don't look at themselves anymore. They're looking out, not inward. Yes. And, and looking for that validation from the other, whoever the other is. <laughs> and, and that's why um, self-esteem is, I think it's besides anxiousness, one of the biggest problems on the planet. Yes. I absolutely um, can, can relate to that, both from a personal perspective in my youth and, and certainly, you know, from having clients that, that absolutely have got that low self-esteem and they, they are really massively, you know, not realising that they're judging themselves really, really harshly and not valuing, you know, what they're bringing to a relationship and who they really are underneath all of that. And, and uh, you know, with the, with the clients that I work with, and only this year, I've started off, it's been a month of men. Usually my clients are women mm. and, and from all cultures and nationally and internationally. A funny thing happened. I um, had a client who I think is absolutely, you know, she's a together lady. Her business is good. She's got a great body. She's financially independent. Um, she's, you know, reasonably good looking. 
although she doesn't see it. And everything in her life is fantastic. But she's not with a partner. And she's three marriages later, no partner, 89 dates this year, and none of them are suitable. And we're working on what is it about her that finds them not suitable. She doesn't even give them a chance because she negates herself. Mm. And and it's it's looking at that, and that is um, you know a, a huge thing of of lack of self esteem, but confidence in business, confidence with her body, she she can't see it. And you know, slowly, slowly, we are peeling the onion, as they say, and and eventually, allow, she will allow herself to embrace who she really is. And and I've um, I've said, perhaps you'll go back to four of those eighty nine dates. And you will look at them differently because you will be different. Yeah, that's. And it. <laughs> yes, my, sorry, my my um, my wake up call was for myself when I was about um, forty five. I always thought I was too fat. I was the bigger girl at school, you know, tall, bigger, mm. lanky, awkward, and I always thought I was too fat. And at 45, I had a trauma in my life. Um, I got divorced, huge trauma. And through that trauma, without going into much detail, I suddenly got rid of I am fat. It sort of disappeared. It wasn't even in my cells, in my body, in my psyche. It had disappeared. And I lost um, 14 kilos in a matter of six months not doing anything, just not focusing on I was fat because I was so devastated, you know, dealing with um, the process of, of a divorce. So sometimes these, um, these rejected parts of ourselves uh, that we so reject and we do um, disappear by themselves sometimes because another trauma is brought in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... I understand what you're saying and um, I feel a lot of the audience members will understand what you're saying, you know, where you have a huge event or a life-changing situation occur that that literally changes your focus and shifts everything for positive or negative. Absolutely. And it's those huge life... So you either get a life coach or you go to a counsellor or you go to a psychologist or you, you deal with your pain in the way that you usually want to or that is comfortable for you. Or it seems that um, an event happens in your life and just clears it immediately and that part doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And I suppose coaching has part of that in it. Mm. where you get to a part in the process. And I don't coach anybody for more than eight sessions because I believe if you haven't honed in on a laser part of what exactly is going on there, both parties, not just me, you know, we're looking at, at maybe needing something more than what I do. So I, I'm more a, a laser-focused coach. Yes. And let's get on with it. We're not going into your past. I'm not going into your future. I'm interested in where are you now? What is the outcome you would like? Uh, what are we dealing with? And let's deal with that. And then we can move on to whatever, you know, the next subject is. Yes. So when you're coaching somebody who is massively finding it a challenge to um, experience or accept or um, identify with what self-love means, 
What do you think is the first aha moment they get, you know, that on the back of something you may have given them to do as an exercise? Well, the, the first exercise, probably on the first day at, at the first meeting, is I have this little exercise. So maybe you can listen and you can answer as well if you want to. But imagine that you are outside of the planet. So you are... You can say you're an alien or you, you just haven't been to this planet yet. And you're looking at this planet. You can see what's happening here, what people are dealing with uh, emotionally, physically, psychologically, what, familiarly, whatever it is. And then I'm going to ask you, if you are going to that planet and I'm only allowing you one word, what would you take there? Because it'd be something that you perceive they don't have. Hmm. What's the most and, and common thing that comes up? Is there a common well, theme there? Was is did anything come up for you? <laughs> yeah, love. It was love. Exactly, exactly. And that's the most common. And they look at me and they and I say, Well, is that what you're bringing? Is that what you do in your daily life? Is that what you bring into yourself? And they start crying or they they say, No, but I didn't see that. And the thing is when I ask that question, the brain doesn't know that answer. They're answering from their heart. There's no ego involved there. Mm. So they might say, for me, it's joy. It would be peace, joy, happiness, love, and some very beautiful other ones. But because I ask it in that way, um, they're able to answer. They all answer. Nobody's ever said, I don't know. And it's immediate, and it's not an answer from headspace. Mm. They've moved to their heart. And then we can. Then the conversation is open because it's softened. And then I would say, do you know where you answered from? They all know. They said, like, my head was blank. And then the answer just arrived. So that's a good way to, to start any conversation of, of self-love. Massively. Yes, there's a, um, there's a Jewish saying. I, 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 it's not perfect what I'm going to say, but um, the Jewish people believe that uh, when you're pregnant, that baby knows everything that's ever needed to know in their lifetime. So they know everything. And then just before they're born, the angel comes along and she taps them on the nose. There's a name for it. I, I don't quite have it with me at the moment. And all that knowledge is, is erased. And we start again. So we're born and we go through the experience of life, gaining the knowledge that we already knew before we arrived. And so your answer of love would, you know, sort of um, just cement that. Yeah, absolutely. I do understand and get that, you know, because I I do firmly believe, you know, that all we need is within us already. It's just like you say, we, we've forgotten it probably uh, or, or don't know how to access it, you know, because we've not yes. been educated or um, parented as to how we can access what we already know is already there. Absolutely. And and so in, in my coaching, which was bespoke, because I couldn't coach each person is totally different. But we would start with that. And from that, from the word that they wanted to bring, we would then go to where do you bring this to yourself? And that would be the next sort of set of questions. So if somebody said hope, well, where do you bring that for yourself or um, determination? 
you know, where, do, where does that sit in your life? And I think that's the way, well, for myself, I sort of get, get them to unpack a little bit of themselves before we go into other kind of processes. So I suppose for me, I'm intuitive. And once I've, I've sort of, um, it's a heart-to-heart, -heart, that little conversation, I can um, gauge from that where possibly we could be going. And um, not... Um, I've never had anybody who didn't enjoy that conversation. And um, it's amazing how many people want to bring love to the planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is, like you say, it's already here. It's already within us. We've not just um, been made aware of how we can actually access that for ourselves. With, uh, yeah. without. In our first few minutes, you asked me, how would I get them to see what self-love is for them. That's one of the ways. Because that wasn't something from outside. They were bringing it. Mm. And then I say to them, that's, that's what you are. And Lynn, like you said, love. I have no doubt in my mind that that's what you are. You know, that's the energy you bring in everything that you do. And yes, sometimes we, um, we I, I don't say we go up and down. I say we go side to side and it might vary a little. But fundamentally, um, I have no doubt that, the, you know, that's what you bring. I have no doubt that I bring joy, not to everybody, definitely to myself. Mm. And um, it's something I try and express and, and uh, it's how I express myself in my message and contribution and service to, to people that I want to engage with or who might want to engage with me. Yeah, and I think all we can do, you know, is do our best to be our, our best version of ourselves. You know, that do we make mistakes along the way? Of course we do. But, you know, the secret is not to beat yourself up about that. You, you know, we're human after all. And, um, you know, um, we're not alone in our mistakes, are we? <laughs> you know, we've, we, we can all uh, uh, empathise with that. Yes, and I love taking that word mistakes and then just putting a, a hyphen between the S and the T like mistakes, you know, like in a movie, yes. cut, next, yeah. that kind of thing. We need to reshoot that bit of the script again because, you know, I, I, I've learned a lesson from that <laughs> previous take. <laughs> yes, and, and I have this uh, philosophy that our, our life is a video. The video is already there. And at certain parts, you're just pressing pause. Other parts, you're pressing rewind other parts you're pressing fast forward it all depends where you are and what you you know what you're working with for yourself at that at any given time mm. well massively uh, i've took a lot from this conversation jenny as i'm sure our audience members have too so thank you very much for sharing your great words of wisdom if any audience members would like to get in touch with you jenny what would be the best contact information i i would say visit my website. It's www.rejener8.com. Could you repeat that again first, please, Jenny? Yes. www.rejener8.com. Excellent. Regenerate.com. Yeah. <laughs> Regenerate.com. Thank you so much. That's correct. And uh, I, I, I'd love to thank you, Lynn, because I've so enjoyed where this conversation went, and it's it's been an honour to to 
to be on this podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jenny. That's lovely. And um, for any of our audience members listening that would love to get in touch with Jenny, I'll make sure all her contact information is contained as usual in our show notes. But for now, I want to say thank you so much to Jenny Schmel from South Africa for sharing all her wise words of wisdom. And remember, true love starts with opening your hearts. Goodbye for now. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.